grace, mercy, and peace are yours through the Triune God. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. I will recount the living God's faithful acts, praises I will sing because of all the living God did for us, for God's great favor toward the house of Israel. God treated them compassionately and with deep affection. God said, truly, they are my people, children who won't do what is wrong. God became their savior. During all their distress, God also was distressed. So God's messenger saved them. In love and mercy, God redeemed them, lifting and carrying them throughout earlier times. But they rebelled and made God's Holy Spirit terribly sad, so that the living God turned into their enemy. God fought against them. Then they remembered earlier times when the living God rescued the people. Where was the one who drew them up from the sea, the shepherd of the flock? Where was the one who put within them the Holy Spirit, the one who guided Moses' strong hand with a glorious arm? who split the water for them to create an enduring reputation, and who guided them through the depths. Like a horse in the desert, they didn't stumble. Like cattle descending to the valley, the living God's spirit brought them to rest. In this way, O oh God, you led your people and made for yourself a glorious reputation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus said, When the companion comes, whom will I send from the Father? The Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, the companion will testify about me. You will testify too, because you have been with me from the beginning. I didn't say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go away to the one who sent me. None of you had asked me, where are you going? Yet because I have said these things to you, you are filled with sorrow. I assure you that it is better for you that I go away. If I don't go away, the companion won't come to you. But if I go, I will send the companion to you. The companion will show the world it was wrong, wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment, Wrong about sin because they don't believe in me. Wrong about righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you won't see me anymore. Wrong about judgment because this world's ruler stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, but you can't handle it now. However, when the spirit of truth comes, you will be guided into all truth. 
Whatever the spirit hears, the spirit, not speaking alone, will say and will proclaim to you what is to come. The spirit will glorify me, taking what is mine and proclaiming it to you. Everything that the father has is mine. That's why I said that the spirit takes what is mine and will proclaim it to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The last time, Johar Ilham saw her father. He told her, don't cry in front of them. It was February 2nd, 2013. Johar and her father, Professor Ilham Toti, had arrived early to the airport in Beijing to board a plane for the United States, where Dr. Toti had accepted a visiting scholar position, but he never made it onto that flight. Dr. Toti and his daughter are Uyghur Chinese, a minority group within China. Perhaps you've heard about the Chinese government's internment camps for Uyghur citizens, as they have recently been reported in the United States news but discrimination is an old story for this ethnic group. The police detained Dr. Toti at the airport for the crime of separatism, that is, daring to question the unfair treatment of his people. Teenage Johar didn't want to leave him, but he insisted that she start a new life in the States Surrounded by police, he urged her, don't cry in front of them. Don't let them think Uyghur girls are weak. I thought of Johar, eyes brimming with tears when I imagined the disciples wondering if they would ever see Jesus again. The Savior spoke these words, Jeannie read from John's Gospel, the night before he died. The disciples surely suspected that the end was coming. Jesus certainly knew it. So on this evening, this last evening, Jesus reminded them, love one another. I am the vine. You are the branches. I'm going to the Father. I will not leave you orphaned. I don't think the disciples felt much better for all the reassurances. Though this farewell discourse, as it's called, is primarily offered from Jesus' perspective, we can sense the lingering sadness, confusion, and fear in his friends. Imagine, what were the facial expressions of the disciples as they were listening? What was their body language like as Jesus repeatedly told them that he was leaving? What tone do you think Jesus took as he offered these words? 
even without these details, we can tell from Jesus's repeated calls to find joy and to be at peace that the Savior is speaking with sorrowful and fearful disciples, folks who are not sure just what they can handle. Maybe through tears of his own, Jesus offers hope to those whom he loves in the form of the Spirit, hope in the form of the companion. Now, maybe your Bibles read advocate, maybe counselor or comforter or friend. The Greek word that inspires each of these is parakletos, literally the one called alongside. Jesus, who has walked alongside this community of faith for three years, is leaving. And now they, and we, will call upon the Spirit to accompany us in our journeys. That is, if we want to journey towards the truth, the truth that beats in the heart of a carpenter from Galilee, the truth of God's love for creation, even for creatures that crucify. It is not, as it happens, the truth that Colonel Nathan Jessup defended in the play and later the film, A Few Good Men. When I hear Jesus share, I have much more to say to you, but you can't handle it now. My mind immediately leaps to the iconic line that Jack Nicholson bellowed from the witness stand, say it with me, you can't handle the truth. Now, 1992 was almost 30 years ago, so let me refresh your memories about this climactic scene. A Marine, William Santiago, is dead, and his commanding officer, Colonel Jessup, may have ordered his killing. Now, Colonel Jessup has been caught in his own lies on the witness stand, and the prosecuting attorney wants to know the truth. Colonel Jessup replies with this smoldering monologue, you can't handle the truth. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago, and you curse the Marines. You have the luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know that Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives, and my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth, because deep down, in places you don't talk about at parties, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. For the record, Jesus doesn't need any of us on that wall. 
In fact, just a few hours after this conversation with the disciples, Jesus will stand in front of the Roman governor, Pilate, and claim that his kingdom is not of this world. Why is that? Because if it were, Jesus claims, my servants would fight that I wouldn't have been arrested. It's only the dominions of this world that take up arms. Colonel Jessup was gobsmacked, utterly bewildered that the so-called truth he defended did not, in fact, place him above the law of the country he served. Thirty years later, consider, has our nation changed in this regard? Or do we still insist that might makes right, regardless of the body count? Jesus had no such illusions. The promised companion, the Holy Spirit, would show the world it was wrong about sin, wrong about righteousness, wrong about judgment. This world's ruler stands condemned among the rubble of bombed-out buildings. Meanwhile, the ruler of angels, whose hands still bear the mark of iron nails, even in glory, has a better path for us to take. It is the path through the sea, leaving slavery behind for freedom, and justice. It is the path into the green valley, a place of rest prepared by the spirit of the living God. It is the path of witness, speaking about how the truth of God's love saves and heals when the false truths of walls guarded by men with guns fail us. The spirit companion, Jesus promises, will accompany us, will shepherd us along these pathways. And when we meet a fork in the road, or truly junction on junction, the spirit will have Jesus-shaped guidance for us. So maybe we want to head back to slavery in Egypt Maybe we misremember it as comfortable. Even if we move in that direction, the spirit won't simply shrug her shoulders and give up on us. And maybe we want to skip the valley, since we're convinced that we don't need rest. Even if we think that everything depends on us plowing ahead, the Spirit will still extend the gifts of Sabbath to us. Or maybe we want to tread carefully. We don't want to upset people. Hear the Spirit reminding us that Jesus' wisdom looks like foolishness to those who want to preserve their lives. Only those who lose their lives for Jesus' sake will truly find them. 
for 61 Sundays so far, that is since March 15, 2020, we have begun worship with a reminder that however we gather, we do so at the call of Jesus Christ and are made partners in his ministry of healing. It is the Spirit who equips us to take up that work. So this week, when your elected church elders convene to to discuss, among other things, how the new guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will impact how we gather, they'll begin by asking the Spirit to lead. In the silence of their hearts, they'll consider wisdom from Scripture and call to mind the words of Jesus. Whatever they decide will be a testimony, a witness to the world about what we believe God is all about. But the Spirit will bear testimony first. Friends, this week and in the weeks ahead, call alongside the companion. If you are in need of wisdom, call the Spirit. If you are in need of consolation in times of grief, call the Spirit. If you are in need of courage, call the Spirit and expect that the truth to which you are led will bear the wounds of the cross and will love the whole creation without end. Such is the grace of God for us. God who raised Jesus from the dead, in whose spirit we are truly alive, For such grace, let us give all our gratitude and glory to God. The love that gave us birth, the love that goes on ahead, love encircling us every step of the journey. Amen.